Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives keep us playing small and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode on Flip the Switch on Life. My guest today is a former athlete, med student, literally had his entire 20 to 30 year life mapped out in front of him and he decided when everything was going his way to completely turn the other way. So this episode is all around how to detach from rejection. My guest today is Matt Godar. He is a entrepreneur, a coach, And we are going to dive deeper into his journey of detaching from rejection to lead a life from his heart and the depths of his journey that have got him to the place of where he is. Matt supports people in all walks of life through reconnecting themselves to unconditional love, setting them free to pursue their deepest and wildest dreams without losing themselves in the process. This episode is going to be jam-packed around how to detach from any outcome, how to tap deeper into your heart, and define a life of success for you. Setting the standards for yourself, learning the secret sauce that he is about to drop for us around detachment, around rejection, how to reframe it, how to keep going, how to literally understand what you want and lean into your heart's desires and lead a life that you absolutely love. So stay tuned for this juicy episode. All right, Matt, welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you. How are you? Thank you, Jess. I'm excited to be here. I'm doing well. I'm doing Uh, very well. How are you doing? I'm so good. And you're calling in from Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm in my last week here Oaxaca, Mexico. Ah, uh, how long have you been there? Uh, since March. Mm. Yeah. Oh, traveling whenever, working whenever, living in the jungle. That sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mo- moments of jungle. Not too much jungleiness, but yeah, it's been it's been beautiful. Beautiful. It's been an amazing experience. Ah, uh, I can't wait to hear more about it. So today. We're going to free flow, but something that really sparked in our conversation was last week when we connected and we had this really big conversation around detachment of rejection so much that it was just like, we need to put this on the podcast. And you are like my first guest on this, which I'm so freaking pumped and it's going to just be such a juicy episode. So 
you know, I wanted to dive into that because for me personally, I've been dealing with a lot of rejection. (laughs) Um, And I think we all deal with rejection, right? But I feel like as like a coach, as a leader, as someone who's following their dreams, you deal with rejection and that's a part of the game, right? And rejection feels yucky, but it's so necessary to keep moving forward. And just the conversation that we had just really just got so inspiring that I wanted to bring it on here. So um, I would just love to talk a little bit about, you know, your story and, you know, times when you've really felt rejected and how you've detached from rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, I was about to say, this is something you could do a whole podcast on. And that's exactly what we're yeah. about to do. So, yeah, it just manifested itself. <laughs> I'm glad we've got all this space to dive in. Um, I think the first step in kind of diving into rejection and detaching from that rejection is the challenge, like me challenging you of that, that definition of like rejection feels yucky, Mm. right? Cause even there, right there, it doesn't have to rejection feels yucky when we attach either being chosen or rejected to having anything to do with us Mm. having any any connection to our self-worth our worthiness our enoughness Mm. and so that that right there is the is one of the first steps in detaching from rejection is realizing that it's all up here that it's all to your mind yeah it's all in the head it's just a our, our relationship, I guess, relation or rejection is really only something that, that wants to be addressed, that needs to be addressed. If at some point in our past, we learned or created a story around us getting rejected, not getting a need met, not mm-hmm. feeling safe, not feeling secure, not being chosen or literally being rejected, like being yeah. broken up, being broken up with. fired yeah getting a job yeah and I just want to I want to interject a little bit and just kind of talk about the the negative connotation rejection creates right I think in our Mm. society so many of us are fearing rejection right and that's when we don't follow our dreams we don't follow our heart's desires we stay within the box in the matrix if you will because it's safe, because what if I get rejected or what if this person doesn't like this or what if I fail, I rejected myself. Right. And I think that's just so important to highlight is like, and I love what you mentioned, even just reframing like rejection is yucky. It doesn't have to be, but Mm -hmm. you know, I think that a lot of us have had experiences where rejection was just so, challenging, you know, and like being a people pleaser, being a codependent, um, someone who is just really doesn't necessarily know how to think for themselves because they've been just such an autopilot. Could you dive a little bit deeper into like maybe your own experiences with rejection and how you kind of got to this place of like reframing it for yourself? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I would say my relationship with rejection goes way back to like my earliest memories. Some of those earliest memories are me not having needs met, not getting what I needed. Mm -hmm. And 
that manifested in different ways throughout high school, getting rejected, like getting broken up with in relationships, college, similar things, not, not succeeding to what I thought was my fullest potential. Um, Mm. But I think overall the, my relationship with rejection with, with, which is really just failure with, Mm. Um, in my path was realizing how little of my life I was living for me and how much of my life I was living for other people. Mm. And I mean, that goes as far as I was in med school out of college. And about two years in, I realized like, oh, this is not what I want to be doing. And when I took the step away from that, and took like a, a, I said that I was taking a year break, but really I was like, there's no way I'm going back. But yeah, I'll, I'll say I'm taking a year break. Oh, but when God. I did, when I did that, I started to realize like, oh my God, I don't know where I am. How did I get here? Mm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm so far off course. I don't know why I'm, I'm in this unfamiliar place. And the realization that I came to is that I wasn't connected to who I was. I wasn't connected to my values, what I truly wanted. Mm. And as I started to connect to those things, to connect to what I truly wanted, to connect to my values, I realized there was a deep fear out of coming from the idea of actually choosing those things, of expressing Mm. those things, of putting myself out there for those things. And that's kind wow. of where the, where the beginning of my relationship with rejection came. Holy crap. So you were in med school and then you said you were taking a year break and then decided deep down that was not what you wanted to do. What gave you the courage to like break away from that? Like what was your drive to go to med school? Was it just for like, did you have a dream of that? Was it someone else's dream? I think when it came to deciding what I wanted to do out of college, I had never really made a decision for myself mm. on a large scale in my life. Mm. Like I, I, just, I had just kind of been in the track of high school, college, I guess grade school, high school, college. And then the next step of that is just finding a, a career. And, mm. and so my, my compass was largely tuned into what got the most validation. Oh. Right? What, what sounded the best to other people, to my parents, to family, friends, to friends, to my partner, my girlfriend at the time. And then for me thinking, okay, I don't know what I want. This is what's making other people happy. I know that I enjoy helping people. I know that I have an aptitude for the kind of schooling that goes into medical school. And so it was like a no brainer of like, yeah, this kind of fits what I want to do. And then also everybody loves it. And I get all of the validation for doing this. Oh, damn. Yeah. And so like on paper, it sounded great. And leading up to it, I was excited. I was like, man, this is great. I figured it out. I've got it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. My next 10 to 20 years are planned out. Like med school, residency, fellowships, work until I get a pension somewhere and then retire 
and like 50 or 60. And so for having the existential fears just kind of in the back of my mind, like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Having that path for me was so comforting. Mm. But after about a year and a half in the little voice that was like, Nope, this isn't it. Nope, this isn't it. It was slowly getting louder. Like, Nope, this isn't it. I don't like, I don't like the lifestyle being indoors all day. I don't, I'm, admitting to myself more and more that I'm out of alignment with the way that the medical system runs. And, and then I, I mean, I, I remember I would get up at like 4am to sauna before I went to school and I was in the sauna at like 5am and just thinking, just letting stuff play around in my mind. And I just had the realization where I was like, I have to leave school. Wow. I have to. And I was, I was sitting in the sauna. I remember with like five other people and I just, I don't know. If I'm it out. Swear. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but I just yelled. You can out. swear. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Maybe that's a silly question. But like okay. I was just in the middle of like playing with things and then it hit me and I realized like, I have to quit. I, I have to, I have to leave school. And I was just, I just yelled, fuck, unbelievable. And everybody's like, Whoa. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. I just <laughs> like I've I've been. Like if you were in this. my brain right now, you would say the same thing. Yeah, like man. And so, from a standpoint of how did I leave, it was more that I couldn't look away any longer. Oh. And I wow. I I had that realization where I was like, I'm gonna have a couple years here where I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell I'm doing, or I'm gonna finally open my eyes in like 20 to 30 years and be like what the hell happened can i stop you for a second because oh a lot of these things just like hit my soul one if you guys don't know matt matt is like known for the sauna guy and i just absolutely love that it goes that far back that you were going in the sauna and just having your deep moments because when i Mm. met you through graham like you were always in the sauna like i knew matt i associated the sauna with matt And I just like love how you brought that up. So just a little funny thing there, but to go back to like what you just mentioned of, I couldn't look back. And is that what you said? I couldn't look back anymore. I couldn't look away anymore. Couldn't look away. I'm sorry. You couldn't look away anymore. And you're emphasizing, you couldn't look away from the awareness that you created of this is so not for me. That is just like, so like, cause that's how I perceived it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that's what you you meant. Um, yeah. And I think that's just so that hits home for me because when I was in a place with like my job and leaving a comfortable, steady paycheck to start my business and fitness at the time, that's where I felt the same way of just like, I couldn't look away from the awareness I created. It was like eating me up the more that I stayed there. And that just like resonated so much with me because it's like, it's asking ourselves, um, you guys listening right now, it's like, how many more times can you like not look away? Like how much more is it going to take for you to realize and like 
tap deeper into what your heart is calling on. Like there is a reason why you're feeling the resistance. There's a reason why you have anxiety around what you do, whether that be a relationship that's not aligning with you, whether that be a career that's not aligning with you. Right. And I just wanted to harp on that because that is just so just so powerful to just really allow yourself to feel it and then really Mm -hmm. have that courage to move out of it and just getting to that place where you're like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. And just like, that's incredible that, you know, you got to that place of just knowing what was not for you. So, so you had that awareness in the sauna and then, Mm -hmm. and then did you tell your family and friends? Did you were were you afraid of like, what was next for you? Because you mentioned a lot of like, it looked good on paper. It was the validation I was seeking. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some of the things that you like to do fit that job, you know? So how was that for you? Like getting out of the validation, letting go? I don't know. I think it was a, a yes. And type of scenario. It's like, I, I, I don't know that I ever let go of validation. It was more that I, I knew for the knew and acknowledged for the first time that what I was doing is not what I wanted to do. And I was also fortunate enough to have the flexibility to be able to step away from school. Mm. And, and so when I left, there was all the fear was there. All the fear came up once I left, right? Like it was like, I wanted to be free. And then all of a sudden I was free. And then I was like, Oh my God, this is terrifying. Like I've wanted to be free. I wanted to be out. I've wanted to make these choices, but then all of a sudden I'm just out in the open and there's, there are infinite amount of choices. Mm. And all I knew is that I didn't want to be in school. I didn't know what I wanted to do moving forward. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to make those decisions. Um, And on top of that, like my parents were, very afraid for me just be just because of the investment that goes into med school and so I had loans to pay off and oh my gosh so wait you already you you had loans that you had to pay off even if you decided to like get out of it that didn't matter yeah (gasps) oh shit yeah so there was a lot riding on this yeah and and they were they were nervous about that going in and in my mind, I was like, nope, I'm doing it. It's good. Not a, not a second's thought. And then, and then it was like their worst fear came true where <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go all the way to get the really high paying job that would take care of all the loans. Yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. And so a lot of their resistance was around um, the loans and th- them not wanting me to be in debt. And not have that hanging over me. Mm. Um, and so they had a nice little intervention for me where they sat down and they were like, no, you have to go back. You ha- yeah, you have to do this. I was like, sorry. Talk about <laughs> others' expectations and the, like living this. under their rules. That's like a lot of pressure. Yeah. And you were what? Like 21, 22, probably-ish. Mm, yeah. 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 Right around there. And it was, it was, I mean, it was, it was really the first time that ever I'd ever diverged from 
popular opinion. Wow. Like from doing, cause I, I went to private high school, played water polo, did really well, got a water polo scholarship, played sports in wow. college, did really well. And I was like the, the poster boy for being on the track mm. and, and, and doing all the, all of the right, right, but safe things. And yeah, so that was the first time that I'd really challenged that. And yeah, there, there was no absence of fear. The mm. fear, the fear was there big time. It always is right. Yeah. You know, but like we move through it and okay. So keep going. So your parents sat you down and they were like, uh, what are you doing? And you're like, mm-hmm. uh, this is what I'm doing. Like what, what was different for you to make this the time where you were like, I'm making a decision for myself for the first time ever in a huge life decision. And you, like you, you said, right. Like you didn't know what was next after that. You just knew you couldn't mm-hmm. go back to school. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know exactly what was different other than I had conviction mm. and I, and I was like, no, nah, this is, this is what I'm doing. Why I had that conviction, where that conviction came from. I think I was just sick of being unhappy and feeling, I was sick of not feeling good and knowing what I could do to change it and not doing it. And, and so thankfully, like my parents were very resistant, mostly because they were afraid in their, in their eyes, I was taking on a huge, going to school was a huge risk taking on the loans. And then I was taking on the double huge risk of not, not finishing school and then having to still pay that off or having that over me. Um, but thankfully they respected the conviction and they're like, okay, all right, do it, do whatever it is you're going to do go for it. And, and so, yeah, that, that next phase was luckily I had coached um, swimming and water polo for six or seven years at this point. And so I was able to find a a job where I worked a couple hours a day and made more than enough money to pay my bills. Um, And so I kind of had the time and space to start figuring things out, start reconnecting with myself. Um, and yeah, I mean, from there I can start to get into some of the dynamics of um, detaching from rejection and moving into that. But I don't know if you have anything you want to add. I have so or, many things going on, but like, yeah. um, you know, because a lot of the clients I work with, they're at those places where they're torn between these safety experiences, safety experiences, what am I trying to say? Um, they're torn between feeling safe and something that's comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's around their career. Even we can even go into relationships too. But for the sake of this, I am just like, I feel like your story is so relatable. Because there are so many people out here in this world that are so afraid to be themselves. They're so afraid what's on the other side of the unknown. Mm. And for you to have 
so much invested physically, energetically, financially into this career. And you've had everything, like you said, work out for you. It seems like quote, quote, like you said, had it all. You had Mm -hmm. parents that were also helping you fund this as well. And having the support and then going around and for the first time ever saying no and doing something that was for you. And I just think that that's just so powerful because we're so afraid all the time. Many of us are, and we're so afraid to like live life of our dreams and to go after something because we don't know what's on the other side. And we're like, well, we'll just stay here because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just so that's just such a powerful point. And yeah, I would love to kind of dive into, yeah, like a little bit of like detaching from that rejection, because there was probably so much going on in your head at the time. Um, and then also, like, how did you find your purpose? You know, I know that you're like a coach now and you're living remote, you're traveling whenever you want. So, yeah, like kind of bring, bring us into that journey now a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And so I think, I think there's a couple of important, um, important factors to, to address, to kind of lay the foundation for where I'm at right now. And I'd say that the first is that the first step isn't the action. The first step is just the awareness. Mm. And, and it's this, and it's this idea that freedom starts first in your imagination. Mm. Right. And so if you, if, you don't have to do anything. You don't ever have to do anything. You don't have to stay at your job. You don't have to leave your job. You don't have to stay in the relationship. You don't have to leave the relationship, right? Most of the work that I do and most of the work that I've done with myself is just getting to a place where I can be honest with myself about what I want and don't want. Mm. Because once I'm consistently honest with myself and open with myself about what I want and what I don't want, what I feel called to do, what I feel inspired to do, which then turns into what I have to do, reveals itself. Mm. Right? And so if you're in a place where you're like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if I want to do this, but I, I don't know if I want to do that scary thing either. I don't know if I want to leave. I don't know if I want to try the new thing. It's okay. You don't have to do anything, anything at all, other than start to just be honest with yourself. Even if being honest with yourself is like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. I don't know. Just, just giving yourself a little bit of space to acknowledge like I'm uncomfortable right now. Mm. Something, something's out of alignment. Something's out of integrity. You don't even have to figure out what that is. But if you just start to give yourself a little bit of space to, to be like, okay, that's, that's how it is right now. That's okay. And that's, that's the most powerful place to start to come from because so many times it can be so easy to jump into what we think we want, right? The dream job, the dream life as a very subtle form of just trying to escape where you're at now. And to start that journey from a place of escaping, trying to escape, and I think the grass is going to be greener over there. And it's it's probably not. It's probably not. You're bringing, you're going to be bringing the same fears, the same insecurities mm. to that, to that new place. Right. And so if you're feeling called to jump, jump, hell yeah. But it's really important that you don't have to do anything. 
You don't have to at all. Oh. And to start start from that place of freedom is is I think one of the most powerful steps. Holy shit. Like, wow. Yeah. Like I just, I love the way that you laid that out is like, you don't have to do action right now, but just get to a place of awareness and start creating that freedom to think for yourself and be honest. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, if you keep doing that over time, naturally you're going to start leading and swaying with one way or the other. Yeah. What's, what's, what's calling you is going to become clearer and clearer. Yeah. Ooh, golden nugget right there, you guys. <laughs> Ooh, just freedom starts in your mind. Wow. I love that. Because yeah, if, if you don't have the freedom to imagine what life could be like, imagine doing something else. How are you ever going to do something else if you can't even imagine doing something else? Oof. Yeah. Like being able to think greater than like your environment, greater than your reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, something right. I just want to share really quick is like yeah. this quote came to me. Um, and I have it literally, I'll show you, I have it on my, on my, uh, behind my desk. And it says, you are not capped by your intelligence, but your ability to think big picture. Mm-hmm. And that hit mm-hmm. me. And I think that resonates a lot with what you're saying, freedom, freedom to visualize your life of moving past this, of what you really want. You know, I talk to a lot of people too, and I'm sure you do too, that when you ask them, visualize your dream life, they're like, what? Like, wait, what do you mean? Like, I don't know what that feels like. Cause they haven't even been able to, because they probably haven't even thought that that's a possibility. So it's mm. not your skill set. It's not your intelligence. It's really your, your ideology of thinking bigger than yourself, right? Coming back to that place of feeling empowered to make your own decisions, life, big Mm -hmm. life decisions. So that's like, that's just so powerful that, yeah, starting with your mindset and creating that freedom within to think more, to think Mm -hmm. bigger, to think what if. Yeah. Yeah. And, And like on a, on a macro level, I guess on a micro, I don't know, one of the two. On, on a very small level, right? all that is is starting from exactly where you're at and just loving that and accepting that and, and giving that space, even if that place of, that you're starting at is I don't know where I'm at. Oh. Right? Just lo- loving that because as we get into this greater detachment from rejection and greater capacity to pursue the things that are really meaningful, right? I'd say the vast majority of the reasons why it's so difficult is because we have learned at some point to be, we have to be a certain way to get the love that we need. We have to be a certain way to be accepted. We have to perform to be worthy or enough. And that starts to translate into why it's so difficult to take these leaps is because love is on the line, Mm. right? Love is up for grabs in, in most internal processes, Acceptance, connection, worthiness, validation. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and so, and the only reason that that love is up for grabs 
that it's on the line, making all of these decisions so pressure filled is because it's not coming from within. You're not giving it to yourself. Mm. Either you don't believe that you should receive it from yourself. You don't believe you deserve it or, um, or, Ooh, I just lost my train of thought. Like the love isn't coming from, yeah, either, either you don't believe that you deserve it or you believe that you need it from somebody, from something out there external. Yeah. And yeah. so that, that's, that in and of itself is why there is so much pressure around doing what we're feeling called to, but then doing the safe thing, doing what we're inspired, excited to do, taking a risk or doing the safe thing. Because in the calculus that a lot of us made in our, our childlike mind, it's like, oh, I got to be a certain way. I got to do a certain thing to get the love, to get the acceptance, to be enough, to be worthy either from of getting it from somebody else or feeling it. All right. And so that's, that's why I talk about creating the smallest, lowest common denominator of love and openness and freedom within yourself is just accepting where you're at. Mm. Right. Because as we start to move further and further out, what is so difficult about detaching from rejection is that there oftentimes isn't anything to fall into. Yes. Right. And we, we, we kind of talked about this is it's so challenging to detach, detach from rejection. If there's not a foundation of love within, if you're not loving to yourself, if you're not you're, accepting it's of so yourself. so hard to detach from anything to let go when you have yeah. nothing to attach to. Yeah. Right. Like, Tell us more if, about if, that. <laughs> if there, so, right. If there's no internal connection within, mm. that means, that means that in some part or in large part, our sense of self-worth, our sense of value is externalized, which is why we're attaching to the things that we do, the people that we spend time with, the life that we live, right? Is why, we're so, why are we so attached to it, connected to it? Mm. Why are we so protective of it? Because we've externalized the internal experience of love. I need these things to feel love, mm. right? And so just the idea of, you need to detach from those things. But if there's not the internal experience of love, if I detach from those things, where, where am I getting the love from? Why would I, why would I do that? Intellectually, like thinking like, if I get the love out there and you're telling me to let go of there, all the stuff out there, then I have no love. Mm. Like, of course, there's going to be resistance towards that. They're going to be a, yeah. What, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Why would I do that? Right, which is which is why I say you don't need to do anything out there. Nothing needs to happen externally. You don't have to do anything to start moving along your journey, to start taking steps on your path. Mm. It's 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 about cultivating that connection with self, being being a little bit more loving to yourself, being a little bit more open to yourself, being a little bit more accepting to yourself. Yeah. And then when there's that, that internal experience of love, you're, you believe you deserve love. You're open to receiving love and you're capable of giving it love to yourself. Then the conversation of 
Do you think you could detach from that thing? What if you didn't need that job? What if you didn't need that relationship? Right? What if there was no hole to fill? Mm. What, if, what if there was no love to get? It's already here. Mm. Right? Like you're good enough. You're worthy. You're amazing. You're powerful. You're loved. Mm. Now, what do you, what do you want? Oof. What's, what's calling you? Right? Like that, that is the place where those kinds of questions start to have a little, little bit more oomph, a little bit more tangle of like, there's nothing. You don't have to do anything. You're good. You're safe. You're loved. You're held. You're worthy. You're enough. Wow. What do you, what do you want? Oh, Ooh, you got me so chills up my spine with that. Cause that is so, Oh, like when we think about validation, when we think about internal versus external and why we do certain things, I mean, it's just so obvious. A lot of it has come from external validation, from neglect, from childhood, from something that we've experienced and we didn't receive. Or like you said, defining ourselves, identifying ourselves as a certain way, excuse my dog. Um, and I can't edit this out. So here we go. (laughs) Um, and it's just so, it's so powerful to hear that reframe, I think maybe not Mm -hmm. even that's the word reframe, but more of a, a way to really bring that down to logic of like, look at the relationship with yourself. Look at these things that you crave, that you want, that you're afraid of to let go and detach. There's always something underneath it. And it's really, if not always around the relationship with yourself and just bringing it back to this place of unconditional love for you and knowing that, I mean, oh my gosh, like, you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you can relate to some part of being, um, so attached to, um, the amount of money that you made before or the success of the amount of clients that you've had and like putting that towards your worth. Mm -hmm. And it's like to detach. It's like, like you said, okay, well, what am I going to fall into? What am I going to let go into? And if you don't have yourself in check, if you don't have a strong relationship with yourself, that's why I talk about so much of emotional intimacy and emotional regulation to develop that relationship. And I know you're very um, adamant about that, teaching your yourself and your clients that. And it's like, if we don't have that foundation built, then you're going to be constantly attaching yourself to other people, other things, mm-hmm. finances, everything always outside of yourself but we need to look within and that's just like such a powerful thing that a lot of mm. us necessarily don't really realize or maybe we do but well it's yeah. not to look I, and like even from my experience of being with this for so long like life is just turning into a series of realizations of where i'm attached mm. where i'm identified so it's not I wouldn't even say that there's like this, this like El Dorado of, oh, I'm not attached. I've detached mm. from everything, right? The, the practices and the relationship with self and the cultivating of that relationship with self is just there to give us, give us tools to work through 
the different attachments that start mm-hmm. to come up, mm-hmm. right? And and each and a, a really powerful perspective here is that each one of these attachments isn't anything to fix, right? But it's just recognizing that it's like, ooh, I'm telling myself a story right now that's not very empowering. Right, like if I'm if I'm successful, like I get a new client, it's like, oh, I'm good now. I'm better mm. now. Mm. I'm I'm a little and and underneath that, it's like if I'm better now, if I give myself permission to feel better, and once I get a new client, there's a very subtle story underneath that of like I'm a little bit more worthy of love for myself mm. or others when I get this new client. Yeah, right? and just recognizing that it's like, oh, there that that's just. A little and, and the, the reverse side is also true. Right? Like if I if somebody decides they don't want to work with me, and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, I don't feel as good. That doesn't feel good. Right? There's that subtle, like, yeah, because I'm not as good as I was before when I had that person. Right. Yeah. There's there's a subtle closing off from love based on the defense mechanisms learned I learned as a kid. But recognizing that those attachments and the feelings that I get, the experience of it, the fears, the insecurities, or even the positive ones, is just little Matt raising his hand and being like, hey, I don't feel safe. I don't feel, as, I don't feel good. I'm scared. Mm. This, is, this is hard. I don't like losing people. I don't like feeling like I've lost people. And then each time that attachment comes up, that feeling comes up, that experience comes up with the perspective of like, oh. This is just the little guy inside. This is just the kid me who created these stories, created these defense mechanisms. And all he needs is love. All he needs is to be held and be like, hey, I got you. You're all good. It's okay. I love you. You're safe. Right? And that's, that's the sole purpose of the practices is to be able to, in that experience, recognize the practices just create internal space. And within that space, we're able to recognize and not identify with the fear, but recognize the fear and be like, oh, just a little defense mechanism, just a little place that needs a little bit of love, just somewhere where I can hold myself a little bit more. And the result of that is you start to feel a little bit safer on the inside. You literally start to be more connected with the different parts of yourself because you are literally holding and loving and bonding and connecting with the different parts of yourself as they're raising their hand and being like, Ooh, I don't feel good. I don't feel safe. So do you feel like that's how you've developed this like new reframe around rejection and detachment? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's because with that commitment to myself, to be loving, to hold, to be there, to give myself space, to give myself time. Each, each time I recognize that the fear has come up, the insecurities have come up, the attachment has come up. Sometimes I notice it right when it happens. Sometimes I notice it a couple days after where it, like, it came up and then I judged it and rejected it and pushed it away. Like, no, not now. No, not now. No, not now. Right. But wherever I become aware of it in that in that sequence of events. And then I'm just like, who will give myself space like you're good. It's okay, safe. With that more connectedness, with that more safety builds the confidence 
to be able to put myself out there more and more. Mm. Right. From this place of I literally am safe and I literally have more belief and eventually trust that I will hold myself when I don't feel safe. And so it's okay for me to put myself out there and risk not feeling safe. Mm. Because internally, I, I know that I'm going to hold myself. But until I actively started doing that, it was like, you can say the words, but if there's no action backing it up, there's no confidence being built up. There's no experience that's shifting. It's just kind of affirmations that can be whatever they want, but don't really have any resonance. They don't have any teeth. There's nothing to dig in. Mm. Yeah. Wow. All right. And one last thing I want to add is so many times the question, especially around taking leaps, relationships, work, any, any realm, the question people are being asked or being asked to ask themselves is, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I do this? And I've found that that's a very silly question because of course you can do it. Right. And even if you can't do it at first, if you really want to do it and you keep trying, you're going to be able to do it. The question that's a lot more relevant to especially getting started is can you handle this? Mm. Can I handle this? And, in, and until we start to get very practical and very rooted and very grounded with a lot of these potentially wooey spiritual topics, until we're very grounded and very rooted in practicing them every day and in it every day and experiencing it every day, the, the answer to the question, can I handle this, is like a no, I can't handle this. Because until you develop that relationship with yourself, you're not going to, of course, you're not going to feel safe and confident taking the leap because you know that you don't hold yourself well when you're stressed, when you're under pressure, when things are tumultuous. Mm. Wow. I love the reframe there. That's so true. Cause you're like, of course you can, but it's like, can you, can you hold the capacity? You know, something to think about too, is like when we are in a place of moving into expanding our business, whether that is, you know, expanding the relationship that we're in or juggling a lot of things at once. It's, it's not, if I can, it is ultimately like, do I have the capacity for it? You know, Mm -hmm. like, and we can even talk about, um, just like expanding, like wanting to have like X amount of clients and wanting to have this, this, and this, and this, and this. And you're like, well, how does that feel? You juggling all of that right now in the life that you have right now. And you're like, oof, that's overwhelming. Okay. Well, universe is going to respond to that. And you're not like able to hold that. So I feel like when you're able to develop that strong relationship with yourself, get grounded in who you are, detach from rejection, from the good, from the bad, and just focus like playing the game, you can expand your capacity for pleasure and expand your capacity for pain, that Mm -hmm. success and that failure. And when you can expand both, you can receive more and you can handle more. And I think that's just 
so powerful because the more that you get to know yourself, the more that you develop that deep relationship with yourself, the more that you can expand your emotional capacity, expand your, yourself to stretch yourself to the edge for whatever Mm. that is, whatever dream that you have, whatever focus is that you want, whatever big goal you have for your, for your business, your company, um, for your life, when you can expand yourself into the good and the bad and be good. Cause like you said, when you got you, you got you. And you, when you trust yourself, you can lean into that, that unconditional love. You can go further. You can keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got more space for life. Yes. You, you've more got, you've space got for life. more space for more life. Yeah, because right? in all of these things, expanding business, expanding relationships, taking leaps, doing things, all people, all any of us are looking for is to experience more of life, mm. experience more of ourselves in life. Mm. So, Matt, I want to like ask you a question into what does success by your own definition mean to you? <laughs> Creating a successful life. What does that mean? Right now, success is all about being real mm. and, and being open. Right? And so the really the only questions that I ask myself on like a moment-to-moment basis is like, am I open or am I closed? Am I, am I open right now? Am I receptive? Am I present? Am I connected? Or am I closed? Am I defensive? Am I protective? Am I feeling disconnected? Am I feeling smaller? Am I, am I more in the head? Has the heart closed and I've migrated into the mind thinking about things? Or am I still down here in the heart experiencing, feeling, being open and receptive? And I found that the rest of it is going to take care of itself. Mm. Right? Like if I'm open and honest and loving and receiving whatever it is there is to receive feelings, thoughts, ideas, motivations. Like I, I do things that I want to do. I enjoy them. And I, thus I enjoy my life. But when I'm closed off, I could have the most amazing ideas of what I want. But if it's not coming from the heart, it's not going to cultivate more of the heart. It's not going to cultivate more love. It's not going to cultivate more space in here. And so right now, a successful life for me is just being open and being real. Mm. And that's, that's about it. The rest of it is takes care of itself. And there's a very, like, kind of this powerful mantra of I don't know and I don't care. I like what where am I going to be in two months? I don't know and I don't care. What do I what do I want to do? I don't know and I don't. Well, how am I or I wouldn't say you know what do I want to do? How am I going to do this thing? How am I going to expand my business? I don't know and I don't care. I'm just going to keep being. I'm going to keep being connected to my heart. I'm going to keep taking action from that place, holding myself in that place, holding others in that place, and trust that things are going to go the way that they're going to go. I certainly have ideas, things I'd like that, that sound attractive right? in the future, 
things that I would like, but I don't know what I want. I know what I want right now. And like being in this moment is like, I just want to just keep being open, keep enjoying this conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's about it. I'm, I'm, I've recognized for me personally that that planning mind is often a defense mechanism or a subtle escape from the present of trying to have something. I have to have something planned, have to have something coming up next. Mm. I have to know what I'm going to do is like a very subtle fear of there's something in the present that's causing a little contraction and spending so much of my childhood in books and reading. I spend a lot of time up here. Mm. My default, my default patterns are to, to close and start thinking. And so a lot of that planning and a lot of that um, looking forward, I've found is just a very subtle defense mechanism, something that needs a little bit of love because my only goal right now is just to be present and mm. live from that place. Oof. And then my last question I'm going to ask you, cause that, I feel like that's going to transition into this, but like from that standpoint and living your life so on purpose, living your life so intentional, so in the present, I love that because the more that you get to know yourself and connect with your heart, things just manifest like, oof. And that's like a whole separate, I feel like podcast around manifestation with your heart's desire, but Yeah. It's so true. When you get to know yourself, you connect deeper, you have unconditional love for you. You just start naturally leading with that. And then that just opens doors left and right for you. Mm -hmm. My last question is what would be like a tip or advice you'd give somebody who is looking to lead more with their heart's desire and not give a shit about if they get rejected? put you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Let me just, let me feel into it. Cause that's a. I mean, might sound cliche, but love, right? Like if you're trying to lead with your heart's desire, how loving are you being honest with yourself about being, how loving are you? How loving are you being? Mm. and what I mean by that is like love can feel very you can feel very held and safe and and warm and energized right but the other side of love is that it's very honest and it's open and it's accountable and it's there is no filter on it right and so for someone who is if you're someone out there looking to lead looking to lead with your heart's desire, step up in some way, right? Realizing that you being honest with yourself is you being loving. Mm. Being honest with yourself about how you're showing up, the way that you're acting, the way that you feel. And you don't have to do all of this at once if none of that is happening right now, right? But, But realizing that for you to lead from this place, we have to start getting comfortable spending any amount of time from this place. And spend, spending any amount of time in your heart, you have to be present. You have to be open. There's no filter to the present. Mm. 
Right? And so realizing that the other side of that love is also being honest with yourself. And the more that you're able to be honest with yourself about how you're showing up, if you're in integrity, how you're feeling, the more you're going to start to settle into that place and then have opportunities to lead from that place. But until you can really settle in and be there, it's going to be tough. Ooh, oof. Leaving us on that seat of our, the edge of our seat right there, Matt. Wow. That's so powerful. It's so true. Uh, get to know your, just be comfortable with like honesty and coming from a place of love is like the catalyst to lead with your heart and, and let go of rejection. Because as long as you cultivate that relationship with yourself, with your heart, with your emotions, you're good because it's always happening for you. Mm. Oh my gosh. I loved this conversation so much. I feel like we can continue talking and talking and talking and we might just have to do it part two down the line. <laughs> um, but Matt, I want to say thank you so much for, for being here and sharing this space with me. This is such like a heartfelt conversation. I think so many of us can take so many good, like golden nuggets from it. Um, and like, before I let you go, I'd love to ask like, where can we connect with you? Do you have anything that like you're working on that you could share with us? Um, yeah, let us know how we can get into your world a little bit. Yeah. So I think the easiest way to connect with me right now is on Instagram at, uh, at the courage to thrive. Um, and in terms of things that I'm working on right now, uh, there are a few mentorships, mentorship programs, group programs that I'm working on putting together right now um, that I will hopefully be sharing. But other than that, the easiest way to connect with me is just to connect with me. If you follow me on, on Instagram, I'll probably reach out and say hi. And if you're open to connecting, Love it. there it is. And he might be in the sauna while he's connecting with you guys. It's amazing. I, I'm going to be home for the next couple months with the sauna in the backyard again. So <laughs> I love it. I am definitely going to be in the sauna. I can't wait. Oh, that's so amazing. Matt, thank you so much for being here. And we will definitely be sure to connect with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flip the Switch on Life. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to iTunes, give us some stars. If you're feeling for it, write a review. And if you want to learn more about these topics that we discussed today, check out the show notes for more information. Or you can also come hang out, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is Jessica Marie Step, And I will see you guys next week.